0: Essential Insights, a podcast for healthcare professionals. My name is Cassidy, and I'm your podcast host for the Hospice and Home Care Webinar Network. Today's episode is an audio clip from a webinar presented by Kurt Kazanowski with Hospice Advisors, and it's titled, High Leverage Strategies and Tactics for Physician Referral Development. Today's speaker is a consultant, author, and coach for hospice and home care organizations, as well as the owner of two successful personal care home health companies. As a healthcare executive and successful entrepreneur, he has helped numerous healthcare organizations develop the necessary strategies to improve service delivery, grow market share, and enhance profitability. Today's quick insight will review the hospice medical director's role and how to utilize them to give the gift of hospice. If you want to learn more about this topic after the podcast, please see the notes for a registration link and a coupon for 10% off the on-demand webinar. Without further ado, let's jump right in.
1: If it's not illegal, not immoral, and not unethical, the more physicians you can engage in your enterprise, the more successful your um, business venture will be you know, any aspect of healthcare. you know, hospice, home care, uh, acute care, etc, etc. Because the last time I looked, it was only a physician that could write an order for admission, both to a hospital and a hospice. And being able to formalize an approach uh, from a business perspective is a good thing. So uh, Mary Ellen Howard was one of the most compassionate Woman's I ever met, but she was also one of the most shrewdest and smartest businesswoman I ever met. So <laughs> I was very fortunate that our paths uh, crossed. Okay, you know, hiring the my, right medical director, as I indicated, is a million dollar decisions. And the folks, I'm just not talking about them making referrals to us. I'm talking about the ways that they can help us strategize on growth, be part of our organization to assist with our growth efforts, open up doors, etc. So the right medical director is not only important relative to quality and reputation but can they help with your growth efforts and i remember in um, my early days in hospice i was out calling upon a physician's office and uh was talking with the physician he says well who's your medical director he says does does that doctor actually uh um refer to you and the answer unfortunately was no (laughs) and and it's a long story but you know i i inherited the medical director it wasn't my hire um and and i guess this guy maybe sort of knew that and you need to have strong backing and support from your medical uh directors and staff to be able to go out and ask other physicians to refer so i just sort of give that to you as a little anecdotal story and you know does your medical director and is he willing willing and does he or she really help with your growth objectives and we'll talk about what those are as we spend our time together uh over the next 90 minutes or so. But here are here are a few just rhetorical rhetorical questions you guys can sort of answer for yourselves, jot a little note or what have you is. You know, does your medical director just run in and out of your interdisciplinary team or group meetings and answer a few phone calls and that's it? Uh, I I can venture to say, I bet you that more than half of you are probably shaking your heads yes. And that's unfortunate relative to how we can utilize that undervalued uh, resource. Uh, you know, can your medical director open doors to other physicians and other referral sources, and do they? Because uh, they're very connected into our community in many, many ways. And I'm going to give some really specific tactics and ideas based on some examples I've had it in my hospice uh, career on how to leverage those physicians. I'm saying leverage in a very positive, nurturing way. And you know, is your medical director willing to actively participate? In your growth efforts participate in team meetings strategy meetings i mean the team meetings being our our, our sales staff meetings uh sit down and help review our growth plans etc we'll delve into that further and again you know does your uh medical director refer to your hospice those are sort of key things to um um uh reflect on and you know looking at your medical director and your providers you know with those questions in mind and talking with your leadership about how you can further engage them as part of what this whole uh, webinar is about. So, you know, where to start? Um, uh, First of all is, is if some of you've heard me talk before, is Greg and I, we have a very prescriptive uh, philosophy on growth, and there's basically seven key pillars or elements of growth. And one of them is obviously the whole issue that we're talking about today in terms of medical directors and growing your uh, community uh, base of referrals from physicians. But it's very interrelated, folks, into the other six pillars of growth that Greg and I advocate for, you know, creating a culture of growth, the whole referral inquiry to admission process. In fact, um, uh, uh, if you have a pen and a piece of paper, I, uh, I write a blog, and it's just my way of sort of giving back to the hospice community. And, and in that blog, there's a downloadable uh complimentary ebook called the seven pillars of growth and and that uh my blog address is basically www.kurtkazanowski.com and if you have a chance and if you haven't done this download that ebook and read it and read It's it's a short read but it talks about those seven pillars but you'll be able to see how physicians can help interface and drive those other pillars of growth because growth is an integrated strategy And really, when we talk about that, it really starts with looking at uh, creating that culture of growth. And part of that is one getting back to creating a culture of growth, which is eliminating silos, everybody in the organization understanding what his or her role is to support giving the gift of hospice is key, the healthy, sustainable, predictable growth and there is such a thing out there folks <laughs> there really really is believe me you know do you one invite your medical director or providers or what have you to participate in your sales and business development team meetings and there again I learned this strategy way back when I was on the hospital and with guidance of folks like Mary Ellen Howard and other mentors I had in my life when I joined hospice a lot of my responsibilities uh, dealt with having to uh, um, Work with Shepherd, uh, oversight our our medical directors. You know, I worked in both uh, medium-sized and large hospices and had multiple providers and medical directors and associate medical directors. But you know, I would do, you know, is I advocate for folks is that the uh, your medical director be invited to at least one time per month or twice a month to be able to sit down with your team and specifically talk about growth. Now, we'll get into specifically what that means in a, in a minute. And, you know, the, but the, the, the first thing before that is accomplished is does your medical director's agreement with your hospice or their job description reflect, you know, not only the IDG and the quality and compliance component, but does it really address and talking about your desire to engage them in helping your people serve more people? Uh, and patience and grow. So guys, we need to be able to make sure we ask that question. Are we asking that question? Do we have an expectation? And I'm saying that in a a nice way, not in a forceful negative way, but saying, hey, doc, we need your help. You know, physicians are willing to help if you ask them and also if you use their time very, very wisely. I see some organizations they really waste the physician's time and it can become a real irritant. So you need to have your prep work done. And one of that, one of those areas is you're reviewing a quarterly growth plan. If you've heard me talk before, getting back to past uh, webinars I've developed, when we develop a professional sales model and team, every account executive should have a written growth plan. And I've given examples of that in the past. And when you know I was uh, practicing on the uh, administrative management side. I would have my physicians minimally once a month get meet with my uh, uh, account executives, community outreach people, salespeople, and review their quarterly growth plans. And you know, we would sit down every month and see how that month went, and talk specifically about um, the accounts we were trying to develop. You know, where we had barriers, what are the opportunities, and ask our doctor for assistance, just his ideas and suggestions. Uh, folks can be invaluable if you give them an opportunity to participate and create the milieu in that culture of growth where we really want their input to assist us. And to, you know, ask each physician uh, and in and, and each meeting, ask our physicians, you know, what are the physicians that we should call upon? And you want to do that in a very structured way, not to sit back and say, what physicians do you want us to? <laughs> you think we should call upon, I'd always walk in and have a list of 10 doctors that we're going to put a focus on next month that we want to try to prospect or we're having some difficulty with and ask our medical director, do you know these physicians and um, uh, if so, you know how can they help? Um, just as a, as a note too, is I got at the hospice, my account executives, my sales staff, they never, unless it was a pop in because it was it was, it, there was just an opportunity to do that, but we would plan out our physician visits and start by asking our medical director, do you know them? Because if they do, it turns that cold call into a, um, uh, a warm call. And that is just fantastic. Cause you're halfway home. If you can end up doing that in a quick story to sort of reflect that I was, uh, doing some work in a consultative capacity with a hospice in Springfield, Missouri, the birthplace of Brad Pitt never met Brad, met his brother, looks nothing like Brad. Uh, And as I work with this uh, um, hospice, it was about a six month engagement to assist in a variety of efforts. Um, I got to know their medical director, Dr. Clatterbaum, really great guy. Long story short, I I asked Dr. Clatterbaum, hey, can we come over to your office, you know, every Wednesday and meet and for 40, 45 minutes and go over what we're doing our strategies, the doctors we want to touch, the doctors were having difficult time with, and he said, sure. So I, we, there were there were two account executives at that time for the hospice at a sense of about 60, and we would sub, sit down with Dr. Clatterbaum and he would say, yeah, I know that doctor. And in fact, I know him so well, he would pick up the phone and actually call. Imagine that and say, hey, Dr. Kasanowski, as you know, I'm the medical director for community hospice. I love an opportunity if you spend some time with Brenda uh, about some of the great work that we do here at community hospice. And if he just knew of them or knew them collegially, uh, he would be more than happy to uh, uh, sign a letter and send that out. We'd have uh, uh, some letters for him to sign that, hey, I'm the medical director for community hospice. As you know, I'm very passionate about giving the gift of hospice. You know, I'd really value if you would give a representative from our company an opportunity to share with you how we can better serve your patients and your office staff. Um, and he would sign it and we'd send it out. And then believe this: there were some physicians, and there again, he we would put these physicians in front of him. We go, you know, I went to school with that person. It's been years since I connected, and he would actually selectively, based on his time, but he would he offered this. He actually offered this out to actually make a joint visit <laughs> with our uh, um, account executive. So you know, where have you seen that occur? Where the doctor actually says, "Hey, I'll, I'll sit down. I'll, I'll make a visit uh, to sit down and help support your efforts to to do that." So. Is looking at one creating an expectation if there isn't already one. If you know there isn't any expectations, nothing in writing. You know you need to talk with your your leadership uh, and say you know how can we maybe sit down with our physicians and express an interest that we like to engage more of his or her time into doing that. And I'll give you really some more specific examples. But obviously you need to have that framework in place to be able to engage the medical director, associate medical directors, et cetera, to help um, in your efforts. Um, a key area in getting back to where the doctor can really add a tremendous amount of value and getting back to it's a million dollar decision is all the physicians I work with. And I ran um, uh, several hospices in uh, our president's role, executive director's role over my tenure in hospice. And uh, some of you may have heard uh, I think I did this webinar about a year ago. In fact, we're doing a new one at a little, a, little, a little sales from the stage here. I think it's in July. It's called Reimagining Access, really talking about the whole referral inquiry to admission process and one specific component of that referral inquiry to admission process. And, and there again, I talk more about that in the ebook, book et cetera, uh, if you want to learn more about that, is engaging your doctor to help work the pending list. You know, every time we get a referral inquiry, And somebody doesn't admit within 24 hours, they get on a pending list. And in our, in my world, it's a 90 day pending list in which we keep that person on the pending list and develop a really specific mini, mini marketing plan to eliminate barriers that uh, are for the reason that the person hasn't admitted. They're on the pending list and on the pending list, there's like basically seven categories uh, of barriers. Uh, of why people are on the pending list. You know, for example, you know, you go out there, you do an assessment, and they 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 don't meet hospice eligibility. So obviously, we keep them on the list and see if that changes over a ninety day period. Or you know, one of my favorite ones, and I'm sure you, some of you can relate to this. You 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 go out there and you have the two sisters duking it out over who's going to be the POA, <laughs> and you and you have to have the social worker get involved and sort of eliminate that eliminate that barrier uh and then there are, are uh and we week folks just as as while we're on the topic of uh the pending list a little extra added to the uh, seminar here is you know people even people that we get a referral on that actually go to another hospice they choose another hospice you know we keep them on our pending list and then after uh two or three weeks do a courtesy call to see how they're doing and if they're very very unhappy with that hospice obviously tell them about their options and provide an opportunity for them to hear another hospice story, et cetera. But there's two key barriers that in our world, in terms of the, the world that Greg and I work on, the relative that a whole referral inquiry to mission process that require physician action. And Mary Ellen also taught me, they said, Kurt, only physicians can talk to physicians, even God. <laughs> can't talk to some physicians so you need to in certain situations you need to pick your battles where you want your medical director your your chief of staff if you're in the hospital setting to talk to a physician and the two are on the pending list is the person's on the pending list because we're waiting and i hate the word waiting for something to originate come from the doctor's office whatever it could possibly be and i learned through hard knocks that there again only doctors can talk to doctors and as i worked my way through my uh hospice uh, career is I would have my medical director do a courtesy call to that office and say, Hey, we got a referral on Kurt. Hey, we, you know, we're, we're waiting for the doctor on whatever the issue may be. And I'm just calling to see if I could be of any assistance. It's a great also courtesy call that we have our medical lead reach out to a community physician, just shows respect, willingness to work in problem solving, et cetera. And, uh, every physician we ever reached out to appreciates that. So that's one area of a barrier. The other barrier is you have, you got a referral on David and, uh, you know, David has brain cancer, but, uh, David wants a brain transplant. <laughs> uh, uh, and there again, any aggressive treatment, if a person's on the panelist list or any aggressive treatment, it's an automatic countermeasure. You have your medical director call. That physician, and this is a this is a true story. It wasn't on, on a brain transplant. I can't remember the specific example. And you know, our medical director called uh, Doctor Desmalchi. I'll mention Ori again in a little bit, and uh, basically uh, said, "Hey, we got a referral on Kurt, but you know, you're you know, and he wants a brain transplant. Can you help me understand what's sort of going on and see how we could be of assistance?" And the, the referring doc will go, "You know, I'm I'm in a heart I've I've been caring for this family for ages. I'm a, I'm in a rock and a hard spot." in terms of how to work them through, they just really have unrealistic uh, uh, goals of care and what we can do. And just with the physician dialogue, guys, I really believe the problems of dialogue or the problems of the world can be solved with good open dialogue is, and it doesn't work every time, but you know th- sometimes the physicians can just work through an alternative approach. Uh, our medical director can give some options, etc. And even if it doesn't lo- resolve to a resolution in that specific barrier, it builds a bridge to that referring physician, that community physician's office. And they appreciate that because one of the things I always advocate for when I and all the consulting work that Greg and I do is we want to develop the hospices we work with into trusted community resources. And by having our doctor reach out to be a resource to deal with those two specific issues is huge in developing um, your position in a very crowded marketplace today with hospice so there again is you know one is your physician willing to do that how can we obviously there's a lot more there's some training some scripting you can help the physician with So you could you hold his or her hand to make sure they're comfortable and then how they can provide feedback but getting back to my opening comment on how the uh, hiring of a, the right medical director is a million-dollar decision by helping you convert folks and eliminate barriers so people can uh, receive the gift of hospice. Over time, folks adds up to not only serving more people, but financially creating a healthier, stronger organization.
0: If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can register for the on-demand webinar titled High Leverage Strategies and Tactics for Physician Referral Development. The on-demand webinar is available now to view and download. Podcast listeners can also enter coupon code Grow Referrals into their shopping cart for 10% off the webinar. Don't forget to check out the show notes where you can find the coupon code, a link to Kurt's website, as well as links to our LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Be sure to give us a follow and use your favorite podcast platform for the next episode of Essential Insights. Before I close the podcast, I'd like to thank our state association partners, Kurt Kazanowski, hospice advisors, and you, the listener, the essential worker. Thank you for all that you do for the healthcare community. Be safe and take care.